0: Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. Today is Tuesday, June the 8th, and I am here to go over a very good two game NBA playoff slate for this evening. Um, where Where you ask is Andrew Hansen. Andrew is actually on the road today, so an extremely rare, Tuesday, uh, off of the podcast, but he will be, uh, in there, uh, for our members for lineups. Uh, we'll put our lineups out together as normal. So no Andrew on the pod today. Hope you're traveling well, Andrew, and look forward to getting back on here with you tomorrow. Um, but our members never fear. We'll both be providing lineups this evening i uh, got to mention my new gear. I'm so fired up. I got the new Under Armour white DFS Coach Talk hat and the powder blue, love you blue, old days kind of uh, polo with the uh, DFS Coach Talk patch as well. So uh, if, you, if any of you out there are interested in any Coach Talk merch, we have a really cool sco- uh, store set up with Squad Locker. Uh, Squad Locker, it's S-Q-U-A-D locker and uh just look dfs coach talk and it'll take you to our store and what we've done from the very start with with our merch there is um we negotiated a a a pretty solid deal on the pricing and we uh we don't make a penny on it we pass all the savings on uh, to our members and our listeners Uh, we want uh, all of you to have some coach talk stuff and get it out there and the quality is great. I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely loving the new gear. Um, look forward to, uh, you know, getting different stuff through time. I've had the, the gray and black for so long. I was, I was definitely due for a change. So good stuff. Great to have you today. Uh, appreciate you listening in on the way in here real quickly. If you can take a second and hit that uh, on YouTube, hit that thumbs up hit the subscribe button, and click the little uh, alert button up in the top corner. Reason that's important to us is we're approaching some some goals that we've set for YouTube subscribers. So we we really do appreciate that. And those thumbs up help us in the algorithm on YouTube to help climb up uh, the ladder, if you will, uh, to get more uh, views and, and more information out there to people. So we really appreciate that. If you're listening uh, by audio po- podcast, uh, wherever podcasts could be heard, uh, we're on Podbean, Stitcher, iHeart, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, you name it, iTunes, we're there. Uh, we also would ask if you just take a second there, hit the five stars, hit uh, a little comment in there, you know, st- stating uh, what you thought about the podcast or even a- just a couple of words. That. Uh, Really, again, all helps us. And then our man Joe Stanton goes in there once a month, randomly pulls a winner of someone that posted five stars um, or thumbs up and subscribed and uh, made a comment. Any of those. The combination uh, is all pulled, randomized, and one winner per month gets a week free membership with Coach Talk. Okay, let's get this sucker started here, man. I am fired up for these games tonight. We have the first game uh, is the Atlanta Hawks at the Philadelphia 76ers. It's a 7.30 p.m. Eastern game, and we know Atlanta took game one. Uh, They're up 1-0, so extremely important game for Philly at home uh, to win. Um, uh, Philly is favored by six, and it's a 2.23 and a half over under. The second game is a 220 and a half uh, over under, so not a big difference between the two games as far as totals. So we don't have to really compete against, you know, which if you want to take a side because the total is much higher, it's, it's pretty, pretty even. <clears throat> as far as injuries go this game, we, you know, as we know, Joel Embiid has that slight tear in his meniscus in his knee. So he's listed as questionable, but He was questionable the last game, and about 20, 25 minutes before lock, uh, they announced he was starting, which really was a surprise to me. Um, And not only was it a surprise that he played, but then he smashed 39 real points. Are you kidding me? A guy that's got a half-torn meniscus? I mean, it's a shame they couldn't have won the game because, you know, he really got it done, 12 for 21 from the field. 14 for 15 from the foul line. That's really what what brings him up another level. 39 points, as I stated, nine rebounds, four assists, three blocks. So I mean, <clears throat> I'm I'm looking at this slate and I'm not marking Embiid as questionable. I think he plays. He played 38 minutes in this game, and if they go down 0-2 and have to go back to Atlanta, they're they're in trouble. Yeah, I heard you, Dirk. Didn't work for the Mavs, I get it, whatever. But, uh, you know, they're going to want to win this game. So if if Embiid's not, you know, if the knee doesn't really get worse, uh, I think he's going to play 40 minutes. And, you know, with if he was able to produce those numbers, uh, you know, and now, you know, he's getting ready to come back out here. I did get a day's rest, which isn't that great, but it's better than nothing. And uh, certainly in play. The other injury in the game for Atlanta is DeAndre Hunter. He's questionable. And that's an important one, too, because not, not like Embiid, of course, but we need to know because, uh, you know, he had been, when he came back, he was playing a good 25 minutes a game, pretty much splitting it with Herter um, and taking a few minutes from away also from, like, Lou Williams. Tony Snell even got in this last game for four minutes, but, um, <clears throat> I think Hunter absorbs a lot of that if he's able to play also, you know, if, if he does play, um, you know, is he playable possibly cause he's cheap. Uh, but you know, uh, it would, it would do is if he does play, it would eliminate for me, uh, guys like Herter and Williams. Cause I just don't think there's enough minutes then between, uh, Bogdanovich, Trey Young, uh, and Hunter on that, on that, uh, backcourt small forward spots so and you got to get Gallo in there a little bit so it's uh gonna gonna watch that news closely um and really not sure on Hunter like I say it's I'm not gonna make the lineup with that either Hunter or Herder or whatever I end up doing there until I get that news for sure but I am gonna plan as Embiid is in I mean I, I just unless, you know, he, he really, you know, can't put weight on the thing. I think he's going to play. All right. um, Let's talk about this game one, break it down a little bit. Um, Or I'm sorry, game two in game one. uh, We had a a interesting uh, spot there with Hunter out. It wasn't Herter that went back in. It was Solomon Hill that got the start. He did play 25 minutes, six points, three rebounds, you know he he does get spot starts he does get some minutes uh, and even at his low price he he rarely gets to that five x number which uh, he's not going to be in play for me um, you know two guys I want to talk about they both played 32 33 minutes and that's John Collins and Clint Capella they both got up nine shots is all and <clears throat> you know that's a little bit of a red flag. Capella did get 10 rebounds, you know, didn't break the slate by any stretch to pay off his salary. Um, And Collins with just four rebounds and two assists. So both guys are pretty expensive, especially Capella. And if Embiid's going to play, then it makes it a lot tougher for both of those guys. You know, when I did this uh, podcast the other day for game one, uh, I was expecting Embiid to sit, I really was, and I thought that would play into the hands of Capella big time, and then also uh, Collins, because he, he moves into that center spot sometimes if a, a Kongu doesn't come in, um, <clears throat> and I thought that would be a, a, a upside plus uh, with beat out, but that did not work uh, that well. So I don't think I'm going to go back to that well for either one of those guys with the price that they are. Um, a couple of other guys, though, that are in play is again Bogdanovich. I know his price is high, but uh, you know he got 17 shots up, and Trey got up 23. So when you when you're looking at you know your backcourt getting up 40 shots, I mean that's that's pretty stout. But even better than that, they made 18 of 40, so they almost shot 50%. And, you know, that's with 23 of those shots being threes. So whatever the game plan was for Philly, you know, everybody thought, okay, these great perimeter defenders like me, I thought Simmons, you got Danny Green, you have Feibel, you got all these guys that should be able to, you know, maybe not lock down, but at least slow down uh, the perimeter game of, of a team. And you know, I'm. I was shocked that Bogdanovich and Young got up that many shots, shot it that well, and uh, were able to really dominate that game. So <clears throat> the big question is: is you know, do you go back there, um, or you know, does Philly turn it up and defend better on the perimeter? You know, I I've got to think Doc's adjustment here is. You know, double out on the threes. Don't go under screens. You know, if you switch, make you know, jump, double it, then get back to your man. You know, the whole help and recover thing. Because you can't let Bogdanovich and Young get looks at the basket. And, you know, as we know with Young, that could be 35 feet away. I mean, he's he shoots the Dame shots out there. So uh, I think there's an adjustment on who guards who. I was really disappointed. I faded Trey Young the first go around because I thought they'd put Simmons on him, but they didn't. They put Danny Green on him, and he just scorched him for 25 in the first quarter. And then they tried some other people on him and slowed him down a little bit. So, you know, 10 points for the second, third, and fourth quarter combined for Trey Young was what I was expecting more of. And I don't believe I'm going to go there. I, I know it's, you know, again, and I said it in the last podcast, I remember very well going over his stats from the last game in the first series. And, you know, I, and I said, I know people are out there saying, Coach, are you crazy fading Trey Young? <clears throat> and it did backfire for sure. And it did not work. You needed Trey Young. But I don't know. The salary he is and some of these other big names on the slate, Um, I, I think I would rather go Bogdanovich and, uh, you know, rather and save the money that, that it would be for Trey Young. Plus, you know, there are times where Trey gets a little turnover happy and, you know, if, if Doc Rivers comes out and it's Danny Green on him and no help and no doubles, then then I'm screwed, but I can't imagine he's going to let, uh, let him, Uh, you know, beat Philly, especially in this important of a game. I mean, make somebody else step up and beat you. You know, when you have Trey Young, one of the best shooters in the league, and you're not running a double at him or, you know, I would much rather make Solomon Hill beat me with a long jumper. We know Clint Capella can't shoot outside four feet. So, you know, you can run his man at him to double and then go over and help in the paint. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do here that would make perfect sense. Um, <clears throat> the only time it becomes a little bit more di- difficult is when they bring Gallinari in and, you know, some of those knockdown shooters and spread the floor. Then it gets tougher. And I think in those times, you know, uh, I'm sure Trey will do decent. But for the salary, I'm just not 100% convinced that there won't be some regression. Um I think that first quarter was just a disaster for Philly, and I think that they settled that down, this go-around. Maybe not 23 shots for Young. I think more in the 17 range, 16. So you get five or six less shots up at his price. Um, You know, he's not going to dominate the boards. He is passing the ball better. I will give him that. But for me, you know, I'll give a, a slight look at Capella, but probably not. Um, Bogdanovich definitely in play. And if Hunter doesn't start or play, then Herter becomes in play for me. Uh, with Hunter out last game, uh, he played 28 minutes. He only took nine shots, but he made six of them and three of them were threes. And he gets, he gets rebounds and assists. He's a tall guard. So I'm hoping as much as I love Hunter as a player, and I think he's probably a big key in in winning this game against Philly. Um, I hope he sits because I'd like to dial up Herter in that situation. Uh, Nobody else really gets enough minutes for me to consider. Uh, I'm not going to go to Gallo again. I know he's super cheap and he can knock down threes, but he really doesn't do anything else. Even though he's a big guy, he just doesn't contribute other than scoring. So a couple of guys here to consider, uh, but certainly not going to open up the vault uh, in this game. Now, on the Philly side, uh, you know, I'm an Embiid truther, man. I I stick with Embiid. He's won me a lot of money this year. And, you know, being, like I said, if he took 21 shots the last game and played well and played big minutes, um, it didn't look like he re-injured it in any way. So, I'm sure they're giving him tons and treatments and they'll have it, you know, ready to go. So... As long as there's no sets back, setbacks during the game, uh, Embiid's going to be my center. So there's my lock and load play. I just, I just feel like you, you got to have him uh, in your optimal lineup. I know he's expensive, but from points, rebounds, blocks, you know, he draws fouls so well and such a great foul shooter. Um, they really have to win this game. It's in front of the home crowd. So mark me down, Joel, you're the man. I'm counting on you. I'm trusting the process, my friend. So that's that's where I'm going to go, first of all. <clears throat> After that, I you know, there are some considerations here that I'm looking at. Um, again, being a, such an important game, you can spend up here uh, for Ben Simmons or Tobias Harris as a second uh, buy-up guy. I don't think you can realistically uh, – roster all three of them but you know I'm I'm right now the jury's out for me on the Harris Simmons split I would like two guys from Philly that are strong so I very well could choose one or the other uh they both played fine the last game Simmons was 7 for 7 uh with 10 assists four rebounds now you know he's not going to shoot 100% uh for sure but his percentages will always be good the concern is the foul shots Uh, three for 10 in this game again. So do they do the hack of Simmons? I mean, they very well may. I mean, he has got a complete mental block there. And you can look at that two ways. I mean, you know, is the fact he's shooting so poorly there a reason not to roster him? I sort of feel the opposite. I know it's a strange stance, but when you're going to give a guy, you know, all those free shots at the free throw line, if he gets... 20 of them instead of 10 and he shoots 50%, you know, which you would sure think you would, you know, there's 10 extra points for a guy that's not a huge score. And then you add that to what you're going to expect, which are double digits, assists close to double digit rebounds and tons of stocks. So, you know, Simmons very much in play for me. Um, I do hope if I play him that they do, the hack of Simmons, that would be wonderful. If I don't want to go that route, the other direction, then obviously Tobias Harris. I had him last time, you know, solid uh, game, 20 points, 10 rebounds. He only took 13 shots. That was a little surprising to me. I thought that, uh, you know, he would get some more shots up, but those, some of those went to Curry who went seven for 12. So He's a guy that's streaky if he's getting hot right now, which, you know, he seems to be. He had five threes in that game. He not only becomes in play for me, uh, but I know they're totally different positions, but it lessens the likelihood of me taking Harris because Simmons is going to get his in transition and when he posts up. But Harris and Curry are going to compete for those mid-range and three-point shots. So uh, that's, you know, the direction I'm, I'm leaning now in this game is Embiid is a lock, probably Simmons and maybe Curry, or if I don't go that route, I would go uh, Embiid and Harris uh, because of that shot, uh, you know, shot amounts that they're taking. And again, I'm going to make that final decision based on, you um, you know, really digging in here, go to basketballreference.com, try to find as many combinations of minutes on and off the floor of these groups and see, you know, what that situation is with usage and shots. I know it's small sample size and, you know, this is a different situation in a playoff game, but, you know, every, every bit of piece of information adds to it and I think can help make that final decision. So, Definitely join us in Discord today. Jump in with Coach Talk. You can get a three-day membership for 10 bucks. That's it. And you're in there, and you get everything we, we've got. We don't uh, go just sport by sport. If you're part of the family at Coach Talk, you get everything, content, podcasts, uh, selections. We do a, a, a coach's core group uh, for uh, cash and GPP on DraftKings. Um, we give you full lineups on FanDuel and Yahoo, and we've been pretty on fire in y- at Yahoo. Uh, so you get all of that uh, 20 to 30 minutes before lock. Plus, we have a baseball uh, extravaganza slate tonight, if you jump in today, of 15 games. So that's going to be a blast. And we got our two super baseball studs, uh, Josh Crash Davis and Tyler Pitts, are providing for baseball. And then uh, if you get the three-day membership, you know, you get into tomorrow, which is our PGA podcast and PGA picks uh, for the tournament on Thursday. So it's a great deal. If you're more serious you want to really dive in or you're a member that wants to upgrade, uh, we do still offer the special NBA playoff package, which is two months for 111, which is a big discount off a regular rate. And again, you get all our sports, not just the NBA playoffs. Um, Just jump in. You can sign up on our website, dfscoachtalk.com. All those packages are there. If you have any questions, uh, shoot us uh, a tweet on Twitter. We're at DFS Coach Talk. If you want to come to me directly, I'm at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. And Andrew is at Language Olympic. All right. We go on to game two, and it's very bittersweet for me because this should be the Dallas Mavericks at the Utah Jazz. I could just be sick, but it is what it is, and we move on. So let's focus on this: L.A. Clippers. They only—they just played the Mavericks in a game seven. You know, uh, they were elimination game in game six, elimination game in game seven. Their starters played massive minutes. They come out alive and now the day that was the day before yesterday. Now they got to go to Utah that has some elevation and a little bit tougher there, not quite like Denver, but close. And now they got to try to freshen up. They still don't get a Baca. He's still out. And they have to take on a Utah jazz team that has had six days rest. So, you know, we did see at times teams when they have big rest times like that, you know, they're a little rusty. And have to get it going. But I think it helps Utah more than most teams. Because they're a veteran team. Gobert's been in the league. Mitchell sure needed that rest after he had come back in this last series from injury. You know, guys like Ingles and O'Neill. I mean, they're no young guys. Rested legs, I think, is more important than anything here uh, for Utah. So I think that gives them a a big edge coming in. Um, They're favored by four. And it's a 220 and a half over under the big question mark in this game. And it affects my entire bill. So we are going to have this situation to really wait for and decide on. And that's Conley. Mike Conley is listed as questionable, which is disappointing because you would think with almost a week off, he would have been able to get healthy enough to just, you know, be a go. So we need that news. I mean, it's it's a domino effect kind of news. Uh, Conley's a good defender at the point. I think they lose a lot when they have to start Ingles and then bring Clarkson off the bench, as opposed to having Conley at that spot defensively. So that affects some of what the selections would be with the Clippers. And then offensively, the same thing. You know, you've got a, a different distribution of the assists and shots, Uh For for that rotation. But um, I really don't know. I I think it's 50 50 on the fence here and we just have to wait and see, you know, if he's in and he doesn't have restrictions. I think he's playable. Um, If he's out, I actually uh, that would elevate Mitchell for me because he plays a lot of the pseudo point, even though Ingalls and Clarkson also share that role excuse me, I think Mitchell, uh, you know, it it would really be a, a jump up for him. So if Conley's out, Mitchell's in. If Conley's playing, I probably won't pay all the way up for Mitchell, although I think he's a, he's a terrific play. And I would like to roster him. I'm just trying to balance the salary like, you know, like we always are. Um, let's jump to the Clippers real quick. So <clears throat> we know Kawhi, Shot over 60% against the Mavs and just, you know, was absolutely dominant. Again, you know, is he going to be fresh? Uh, We will see. You know, Utah's defense is solid. They put a lot of pressure. Um, You know, they try to slow down pace. So, it's you know, it's going to be a challenge for Kawhi. I think, you know, with O'Neal and a bunch of different guys that Utah has, I think they can slow Kawhi down a little bit better the Mavericks did, so I do, you know, th- think is a great play. Always, you know, going after Embiid and some of these other guys. I'm <clears throat> on the fence uh, with Kawhi. If Mitchell's going to make my lineup, I probably uh, won't have Kawhi make it. I think he's going to be wildly high owned because of this series he just had. But uh, if Conley does play and I bump Mitchell, then I then I would go to uh, Kawhi. But you know, statistically, I think he's going to do great. But also, remember, Utah is slower than Dallas. Utah is a better defensive team than Dallas. And um, you got to expect a little bit of regression from Kawhi here, especially since he has Paul George on, as his running mate. And he's got a hot Reggie Jackson who's shooting it well. He's got a crafty vet uh, veteran in Morris Sr. and Batoon, both crafty veterans, and Rondo. Those are all elements that he has to, to really help him. And I think, you know, I know they're not a popular pick right now, but I think the Clippers have a chance to win this series against Utah. If they're fresh enough, even if they drop this first game, I think then, uh, you know, I, they they get a little bit more rest. I think they're going to be a tough team. This is going to be a really good series, in my opinion. A lot of people think Utah's going to, you know, blow by them because, Clippers had to expend so much in this first round. But, you know, Leonard, certainly your first look there. If you have to go secondary, which we have to find some of these value and secondary price guys, you know, Morris Sr., he always comes through for me, man. When I, he was eight for 15 in this last game and 23 points, you know, and really helped my squad, uh, although it was painful as a Mass fan, but it did help the squad. Uh Batum, you gotta be you know look at these 41 minutes and think, no, it's a hundred percent fade for me. They uh do- they adjusted their lineup and played Batum in the starting lineup and bench zubots strictly because of defending Luca. The strategy is gonna be completely different in this game. You're not gonna play their big off the floor because Gobert's in there. So one guy I like here and is gonna be my second center to embiid. On DraftKings and Yahoo, and that's uh, Zubats. I think Zubats, who played two minutes and thirty-six seconds the last game, is going to be low-owned. People are going to feel like you know he's not going to be play a, a player role here, and we'll see as the day goes on. I predict that he starts. I predict that he gets twenty-seven minutes, and I think he has an impact as a super-value cheap play. So he's my. Favorite sneaky value play on this card, and I think uh, he, ha- he has the potential to to go seven eight x. I really do. Um, even though Gobert's a great defender, etc. But just the fact that he's not going to get played off the floor and he's going to have a lot of opportunity there, I think is important. And th- and they can't afford to go small. What are they going to play Batum or Morris against? You know uh, the the Stifle Tower. It's just not going to work. So you're going to see a lot more bots in there, and I think that's I think he'll be a great play. Uh, Paul George, as far as a payup, you know, he's very expensive as well. Um, depending on how the cards fall, again, with a couple of these other plays, if Kawhi doesn't make it and there's that whole Conley to Mitchell shift, <clears throat> then Pat Bev's the next man up for me. So he is in contention to make my lineup. Uh, not, you know, the, the first build unless those dominoes fall but you know he's he's a strong player his percentages have been down you know for the most part again this last game you know he he had decent tfs totals but five for 15 from the field again only two for eight from three uh not the first spot i'm gonna go not completely eliminating him but he's not in my uh build uh right now after that you know you start gambling a little bit <clears throat> Terrence Mann was sort of the the flavor of the month uh, in this last series. He got up to 26 minutes in the last game. A little risky uh, to see what his minutes are going to be. Uh, rondo <clears throat> excuse me, Rondo only played nine, which was, I thought, very interesting. So I've got a feeling the man rondo minutes may split a little bit. And now you have the wild card of Kennard getting some minutes, uh, that may shuffle the deck a little bit with guys like Batum, um, you know, and some of the other guys off the bench because he did get 15 minutes and was three for five from three. So I, you know, I'm not going to play him, but he does uh, put a little bit of a a wrench in the plans of wanting to to see some of these other guys get big minutes. Um, after that, you know, I don't think there's anybody playable whatsoever. So, you know, good look here, want some exposure, but uh, certainly we need uh, all of that news. So to complete uh, the look on the Utah Jazz for this game, we sort of talked about, you know, the fact that a lot of it's going to have to do with Conley, certainly if uh, favoring Mitchell and and then determining where to go from there. I don't want to pay all the way up for Gobert, Uh, his minutes, We're decent this last game, 33. He did have 15 rebounds. But uh, I just think price-wise, because of some of that off the ceiling with his offense, I don't quite want to go there. You will get a bunch of minutes and a cheaper price out of Royce O'Neal. They're going to need him desperately to guard Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So 35 to 40 minutes is in play for him. If he can do what he did the last game, that's a smash guy at 17 points uh which is a huge bonus, and his regular blocks, assists, steals, all that kind of stuff. So, in in play for me. Um, after that, you know, I'm not going bench wise unless if Conley sits. Then you got to consider Joe Ingles. His price is down, and he's probably going to get 30 minutes. But he is not playing well. He was 0 for 5 the last game in 28 minutes and only four rebounds. So. You know, for anybody that did roster him, you got stung pretty good there, and it is a hard pill to swallow if you go go back to him here. But I think he's in consideration if Conley sits. If not, then no. And after that, not really like uh, liking anybody off the bench uh, for this team. I just think, you know, the the guy you got to bring up always is Jordan Clarkson. Problem with Clarkson though is, if especially if Conley plays is you just don't know how many shots he's going to get up. Now, this last game, you rostered him. It was great. But, you know, you had Conley only play 11 minutes. So that was the big reason. But Clarkson got 30 minutes and took 20 shots. So, you know, there is the path if Conley's out for him to do the same exact thing. I mean, he can score. But if Conley plays and those minutes go down... You know, he did have a few games in this uh, last series where he only played 15, 16 minutes and he's scoring dependent and, you know, he's going to get some assists, but that's it. And so risky, I think uh, people may jump to him as a secondary choice. I'm not going to go there uh, here again, unless 100% rule out by Conley. So hopefully that gives you a good look at these four teams in these two games Uh, I think you can get a good concrete solid build of four or five guys and then wait on the news uh, as things roll out uh, this afternoon. So appreciate you spending this time with me. Um, I certainly hope it helps. Let us know when you have some big winners or big takedowns. You can, uh, we're right on YouTube. If you're watching this there, uh, throw a comment in there, let us know, or tweet us at DFS Coach Talk. Uh, We'd love to hear how uh, our listeners are doing. And if you're a listener that's not a member, come on and jump in. Three-day pass, 10 bucks, dfscoachtalk.com. All right. Thank you so much for listening in and uh, have a wonderful Tuesday. It was an odd Tuesday without uh, Andrew, but uh, we will both be back for a double podcast tomorrow. We've got the Wednesday podcast of, of the NBA, and we have uh, a PGA podcast. So join us then as well. And, and the w- best way to know when those podcasts post is by hitting the thumbs up, subscribe button, and the alert right here on YouTube. All right. Have a great Tuesday. We're calling it Take Down Tuesday at Coach Talk, and we're planning on doing it. So uh, have a good one, and we will see you t- again tomorrow when we look to crush it in DFS.